Well, I have a message for you today, and before I get into the message proper, I want to take some time to just pause for a moment, because this is a special and important weekend within the context of our nation, and so, uh, and it's important to us here at our Father's house as well. This is Memorial Weekend, uh, where we celebrate tomorrow Memorial Day, and Memorial Day is a time where we as a nation honor those who have fallen in service of our country in the military. And here at our Father's house, that holds uh, special importance because uh, several years back at the beginning of the Iraq War uh, here in the early 2000s, we lost a son of this house, and that is Matthew Wallace. Many of you knew him from his earliest days all the way through his last, and that was uh, a very trying time for, for all of us here, and in particular the Wallace household and we've we've lived through that time. We've we've watched as the Lord has brought them and many of us through the grieving process of that. And and today is is a special a special time for us. This weekend is a special time for us and for the family, and for for all the other Gold Star families uh, in our in our region and in our nation. Uh, some of you may be a Gold Star family that we don't know of, uh, or you may have members inside your family that we don't know of or friends. I'd like us to take. A moment for us to just, we're going to take a minute and just be in silence together. And pray, think about those that, that you love. Thank the Lord for Matthew's life and what he did. He paid the ultimate sacrifice for us. We're going to take a moment of silence, and at the end, I'm just going to pray. Father, we in this country are forever in debt. So many men and women who throughout our nation's history have paid the ultimate price for our liberties and our freedoms, not only to win them, but to maintain them and keep them, Lord. Father, I thank you for their lives. I thank you for what that sacrifice means for us, Lord. Lord, I pray for every Gold Star family, Lord, and in particular, the Wallace family here, Lord, part of our household, Lord Jesus. Lord, on weekends like this weekend, Lord, everything is brought back into our memory. I ask, Father, that you would send the Holy Spirit to bring comfort and encouragement and strength to them, Lord. Lord, we thank you for these lives. We thank you for these families. Let us not forget, Lord, the great price of our freedom, Lord. Lord, you've told us that no greater love has anyone 
in this, but to lay down their lives for their friends. And so, Father, we thank you for that great demonstration of love. We choose today, as your people, to pause and honor, Lord, and lift up our families and our loved ones, those that we care about, Lord. We ask for your healing and your grace in this hour. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Remembrance is an important thing for us as a people as we choose to come and honor what has come before us and remember the prices paid, remember things that are important to us as our our key markers as a people. So Memorial Day is a time for us specifically to remember those who have fallen in service of this country. But today I'd like us to keep in that pattern of remembrance, considering the season that we're in as a people. If you're new to us here today and you've just come in and you're learning who our Father's house is, I just want to share with you that you're going to hear today some of our prophetic history, things that are important to us as a people, um, because they're things that God has said about us as a people. We have been in a transition season uh, in our senior leadership between Pastor Lanny, who's pastored here for about 40 years now, and myself, Pastor Jay Patterson. I am scheduled to take the helm here officially on the 27th of June, so we are inside a month in what has been a five, almost six-year process of transition between Pastor Lanny and myself. And last week I shared, as we are about a month out from that transition, we're going to pause as a people and wait on the Lord. Because he has strategies and he has purpose and he has a destiny for us as we step into a new season that stands upon the season that we've been in as a people prior to this. We've just come through 2020 and and now into 2021 and we all can know the upheaval that we've gone through culturally but also as a church family, the challenges and the and the restructuring and everything that we've faced and the, and the stripping down of so much of what we have done from a program standpoint over the many years as the Lord is really preparing us as a people to rebuild into what he has for us in this new season. As I shared last week, we could come up with lots of clever ideas about how we can move forward as a people. But I want to know what God wants to do. I want to hear what his strategies are. I want to know that we have his presence going before us and is with us as we step into this new season. So I've, I've called all of us as a, as a people into a month of prayer and fasting and worship as we, as we come before the Lord together because it's important for us to pause in moments like this to hear from him because we never have this moment again. Never again in my tenure as your senior pastor are we going to have this moment again of me almost becoming senior pastor. We have an opportunity in this hour to stop and pause and say, where have we come from? Where are we now? And Lord, where are you taking us in the future? Because he shares things with us across our history for us to build upon. His promises to us are true. And we'll see them continue to play out in newer and newer, fresher ways with new fruit for the seasons that we are in. So stewarding that as a people is an important thing before the Lord. 
So I thought it was really interesting that this would be Memorial Weekend because God has things for us in the past for us to, to remember and to recall and to focus on and to hold as important. So this last week I mentioned, as I just did here, that we're in this time of, of prayer and fasting. So each week we're having a prayer, a prayer theme, a focus that we're going to be pressing into together as a people. I don't expect everybody to pray or to fast for 40 days straight. Don't hear that. If you've been with us here for any length of time, it's a season of fasting, prayer, and worship, which means you may come in and out of it. Uh, I'm in a state right now where, Lord, when do you want me to fast? And He might wake me up one morning and say, it's time to fast, and then it's time to stop fasting when he, he shares with me again. But learning to be responsive to him in that. So don't think you have to fast fully that entire time. Uh, and fasting can look a lot of different ways. I really ask you to put that before the Lord and, and see what he might bring you to in that in this season. But it is important for us to be focused on what he's calling to us, us to each week as we're praying and fasting, and we're also doing our pursuit nights every Wednesday night for this whole month. We did our first pursuit night this last week. It was wonderful. We had a great time. So each Wednesday night at 6, we're going to be doing a pursuit night, which for those of you who are not familiar... We come in here, we praise and we worship together. The focus is on him. We're usually doing YouTube videos, so we can just focus on worshiping him, and it's great worship. And we closed out with some prayer this last time that was excellent as well. The time for us to pursue his presence. We are a people of his presence. That's been a hard-fought thing for us over the, over the decades. But we have come to learn that it's in his presence that he brings transformation, that he brings healing, that he, he can do whatever he wants to do as we host an atmosphere of presence. And you'll hear some of that today in the words that I'm going to share. So the weekly prayer focuses that we're going to be going through, week one we just went through, unity of the Spirit within our Father's house. And you just heard Pastor Dan come up here and talk about unity. And you're going to hear words about unity as well. It's so important for us as the people of God to be in unity together in the Spirit because it attracts the presence of God. Disunity and division actually repels the presence of God. Which is why you hear such a strong admonishment to preserve the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. It's above all things, work towards unity. When there's any amount of, of division that takes place, we're supposed to confront that because it opposes the presence of God. When we have hurts and challenges among us, when, when somebody has been offended by another brother, which happens, by the way, in the body of Christ. There's a bunch of people in the body of Christ who are broken and we hurt each other. The great thing that the Lord knew that was going to come, and so he's given us a, a means by which for us to become reconciled in those instances so that we can return to the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. So much, it is so important that he says, Wherever two or more of you are gathered together, there I am among you. That is shared in the context of if your brother has offended you or he's gone awry, you're to go there and win your brother back because the power of two believers together in unity brings forth incredible power in the Spirit. So we're not to let offenses and bitterness and unforgiveness grow between us because God values just two believers standing together in agreement on what God is going to do. 
So unity in the Spirit. We've been praying for that. This week, we're going to be praying about the alignment with God's specific call for OFH. So today I'm going to be sharing with you some of those elements of what his specific call is for us so that we have an awareness in our remembrance of what God has actually said to us prophetically. And if you're new to us, you might not know, but maybe you're, getting, you're catching on, that we value what God says to us specifically prophetically. And we see prophecy here as God speaking through someone to someone. And it is a gifting that we have nurtured here at our Father's house for decades now. Continued to pursue the Lord in the prophetic, asking him to teach us and train us and how to host and, and nurture that well and steward that well so that gifting would continue to grow. We've had our ups and downs in the prophetic. And I'm going to read some, some words here today that are going to sound like old language to you. It's going to sound like, we don't talk like that around here anymore, do we? It's some King Jamesy type of language in there and the thus saith the Lord type of stuff. But we've We've moved on from that as the Lord has continued to mature us and grow us. But listen to the content of what is being said here because he was speaking to us in the language we understood at that time. And it's still valuable for us here today. The following week, week three, we're going to be, we're going to be praying over wisdom for God's strategies. Like I shared with you, we want God's strategies for moving forward. We can come up with a lot of clever things ourselves, but really, we want God's strategies. Not only do I want God's strategies as the leader here, but I want you to own God's strategies as well. I want you to be able to find out what is it that he's, he's speaking to you in this moment. Where, where do you fit in here at our Father's house? What, how do you align with what God is doing here? We all carry a corporate identity when we, when we come together as our Father's house, and we, we should all have mutual ownership over that and understand what what his purpose is, and how he's moving us through this season. And then the final week four is courage to inhabit what he has given us. You know, when Joshua was bringing the nation of Israel into the promised land, do this one-handed now. You see several times how the Lord and the people encourage him to be of good courage because he's about to go and take the inheritance that God has promised them. He's even been into the promised land 40 years prior, had seen it, had a good report for it, and had been dreaming about this moment for 40 years. And yet still you hear Moses and God and the people encourage him, be of good courage. Only We'll follow you, we'll do whatever you, whatever you say, but only be of good courage. Go and do that because it takes courage to... Take the land that God has given you, even though the, the, the final outcome has been decided, to move through those moments can be harrowing. And to step forward boldly takes courage and trust in the Lord. So we want to have courage to inhabit what God has given us. I'm going to bring us into Joshua chapter 4 right now. And I'm going to read a passage here because I, I think it's important. We often think about coming into the promised land, and you know, Moses died. God starts speaking to Joshua. They, they cross the Jordan. He meets the angel of the Lord there who, who tells him, I got a different idea of how we're going to take Jericho than you probably have in your mind. Um, that's, we want God's strategies, right? But there's a, 
a moment here that, that happens in this process that I would like us to pause and look at. And that's when they cross the Jordan. There's a specific instruction that's given to them about what they're supposed to do as they're moving through. So Joshua 1, or Joshua 4, 1 through 7 says this, When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Choose twelve men from among the people, one from each tribe, and command them. Take up for yourselves twelve stones from the middle of the Jordan, where the priests were standing. Carry them with you, and set them down in the place where you spend the night. So Joshua summoned the twelve men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, Cross over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take a stone upon his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of Israel, to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask, what do these stones mean? You are to tell them the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters were cut off. Therefore, these stones will be a memorial to the Israelites forever. And then following on after the situation, we see in Joshua four nineteen through 24 this. On the, on the tenth day of the first month, the people went up from the Jordan and camped at Gilgal, on the eastern border of Jericho. And there at Gilgal, Joshua set up the twelve stones they had taken from the Jordan. Then Joshua said to the Israelites, In the future when your children ask their fathers, What is the meaning of these stones? You are to tell them, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan before you until you had crossed over, just as he did to the Red Sea which he dried up before us until we had crossed over. He did this so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty and so that you may always fear the Lord your God. So here they have this, this time where they're, this is the second baptism of Israel, right? They've, they've gone through the Red Sea. They've now been in freedom, but they've been living in the desert because of unbelief, right? But they come through the second baptism as they cross the Jordan. And just like the first time, God stops the water. He holds them back. In this moment, he says, you're going to bring up from the midst of this experienced stones, memorial stones. They're going to last, and you're going to build a memorial here that will be a testimony of what took place for the nation moving forward for the generations to come. And I think it's interesting because he's saying he's doing this for you now just like he did for us back there 40 years ago because you guys weren't really around then. Remember, everybody who went through that time, all the fighting men of that time are dead except two. So here's one who's experienced what's happened in the past, standing in testimony, this is just like that, what we've been talking to you about forever, and now you're experiencing it as well, and you're going to take from this moment a testimony to carry on that can be, be shared in the future. Now, remember, the waters were at flood stage, which means they're raging coming through the Jordan. They're not going to go retrieve 12 stones out of that river all by themselves. They retrieved 12 stones because God stopped the water. He moved the entire nation across. And those 12 representatives came to carry the stones out to say, he did this, boom. Joshua builds that memorial. Why are we talking about this this morning? Got some memorial stones here that I'd like us as a people to look back on because a memorial is captured in that time for a future time. And there are things that were captured in our history 
This is not everything that's captured in her history. I'm selecting some stones out of this stream that I would like to share with you because I consider them to be very important for us as we're considering what God has done and what he's going to do. Personally, I have some words that were spoken over me when I was five years old and when I was ten years old. And I carry them around with me in my, in my phone because I, I go back and reference them frequently. Why do I do that? Because I consider them to be governing words over my life. As I move forward in my experience with the Lord, I keep looking at what was said then, and I keep seeing how it's being played out, and I see that it was true 15 years ago, it was true 10 years ago, it was true 5 years ago, and it's true now still because God spoke it and it's continuing to happen. And I'm seeing evidence of it as I go through my life. And I see patterns that show up that are still true and conform with the word of God over me personally. Some of you have words like that as well. You know what your identity is because God's revealed it to you. Our hope here in our Father's house is to help equip parents with words like that for their children so that they know how to nurture and admonish them in the ways of the Lord and what they have been created to do. So as they grow up, they won't depart from those ways because God has crafted each of us specifically. In Habakkuk, chapter 2, we find this. And this is something that we, uh, we like to teach from the perspective of, of training people in the prophetic and how to hear the voice of the Lord. Back at 2, 1 through 3. I will stand at my watch and station myself on the ramparts. I will look to see what he will say to me and what answer I am to give this complaint. Then the Lord replied, Write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. God releases words. When he releases a word, we watch and wait to see how it's going to come to pass. Sometimes there's a participation we need to, we need to play in bringing that word to pass. So it's important for us to go and refresh our, our memories of what he's saying, keeping those words before us. So thankfully, we have some words over our Father's house. That like for me personally, I've had governing words over my life. We corporately have some governing words over our life together. Some of you have been around here long enough to remember these things. You might not have had the words in front of you, but you've heard us say things like, we're a mash unit. We're a field hospital here. This is a place where God heals people. We see him bringing people in here, they get healed, and then he sends them off into all corners of the earth. This is a place where the, the prophetic moves and it flows. We, we declare prophetic revelation here that brings about change in people's lives. We're a place that has been called to host the presence of the Lord. We, we have a testimony of people coming in off the, off the highway here to, to just meet the presence of the Lord coming into the room, right? You've heard these things. You've said them yourself. It's been your testimony. It's been your experience. But God has also spoken about that, so it's prophetically. So the testimony is testifying to what God has proven to be true in and among us. And that, that nature and that character doesn't change for us moving forward. Who God called us to be 30 years ago is still who he's called us to be now. The expression of that changes and matures and grows over time, 
and it's suited for the season that we're called to in that moment, but we're still the same people. He still has the same mission for us. There may be things that he adds to us as we go along the way, but the foundation has been set very strongly. So I'm going to read a few of these things to you. And I ask you to listen with open ears to what God has been saying to us as a people for quite some time. And I want to start by saying, or reminding you of what our vision statement is here at our Father's house. Our vision statement is this. We want to see a hurting world healed and people launched into their destiny. That statement there is one the Lord developed in me over time to bring forward. Last year, right right at the beginning of 2020, this is what we're about, and then 2020 went and just crushed a bunch of things that we had going on. But that, that testimony of what we want to see, what we're moving towards, is something that we've been moving towards for decades. I think the Lord's distilled that down for us in this hour. So listen for, listen for the echoes of this in what the Lord has been saying. We want to see a hurting world healed and people launched into their destiny. Now, what is this binder? You're probably wondering. I don't usually preach with a binder. But this binder is, is one of several binders that were found this last year by one of our office staff. He sent me an email and said, Hey, Pastor Jay, I was looking through our, our library here, and I found these binders of old prophetic words for our father's house dating back to the late 80s and early 90s. Maybe there's something in here for us that we might want to know about. I said, how many binders are there? It was like four or five binders. I said, I'm going to come by and pick those up. So they pulled them out, and it reminded me of when the nation of Israel was doing some construction in the temple, and all of a sudden they found the law, and they pulled it out and said, Whoa, there's some stuff in here we probably should have been paying attention to. We had an idea of generally where we were going to go, but being able to read it and bring it back to our memory is important, and that's what they did. They read it to one another. So I'm going to read some of these things to you. Now, one of the things that is a phrase that I had not heard before, at least that I don't remember, but you'll hear it repeated in here, is City of Refuge. That's not been a focus of ours verbally over this past almost 17 years that we've been here. But that was a very common theme in language that was taking place in the, in the early 90s here within our Father's house. So you're going to hear that a few times. And so I'm going to share with you the, the first instance of this in here. Now, we had our prophetic leadership each take a binder and just scour through and look for stuff. And a lot of it was just personal words that were happening. There was meeting notes and stuff like that. But there's some real gems in here that we found. And so here's one. Uh, this, this is Pastor Lanny speaking back in 1991, in September. For those, and I'm going to do a lot of reading for you guys here today, so just buckle up, okay? <laughs> for those of you who have some longevity with us, you recognize that there's a sense of continuity in what God is doing here, how he has been speaking to us prophetically and through the Scripture. There's been a very definite direction of the Holy Spirit that has brought, to us, brought us to where we are. We are being, here it is, pay attention here. We are being positioned for that which God is going to do on the earth. We're going to be a city of refuge in a time of great calamity. This is the first evidence I've found of that language 
a, a city of refuge in a time of great calamity. If we personally are going to be a part of what the Lord is doing, it requires that we be a part of what the Lord is. If anything is happening in this day, it is the fact that God is granting, us, granting to us fresh access to his own heart, that there is a desire in him to capture us with a fresh love affair, that he would say, return to the things you did at first. If you think about this last year, much of our preaching focus, it's been return to your focus on the Lord. Return to intimacy with him. Don't be drawn to the right and to the left, but focus on him. And he's really scoured down a lot of the things that we've built up as important and said, you know, what's really important is your relationship with me. Being sold out to me. Taking on my nature and my character and my heart. And he's been calling us back to that love affair with him, that, Lord, being with you first, my first love. I thought that was incredible. And you're going to hear that language show up a few times in here about being a city of refuge. And if you don't recall what a city of refuge is, and when the people of Israel came into the promised land, there were six cities that were set up within the nation Three, on the west, three to the west of the Jordan and three to the east of the Jordan. And those cities were all within a day's journey of any location within the nation. So that if you killed somebody unintentionally, you were able to flee to a city of refuge and they had to receive you into that city and your pursuer could not extract you from that city. You had the opportunity to come and stand trial there and be protected in that time. And if, if, they, if the high priest deemed that you were, it was actually unintentional, and you had protection within the city as long as that high priest was alive. And your pursuer could not attack you. And this is a foreshadowing of our great high priest who gives us access for protection and gives us forgiveness of sins. That's Jesus. So being a city of refuge has a specific meaning for, for those who are are fleeing a pursuer, those who are are broken and needing healing, those who are needing protection. Later in 91, we had this one. I just love this right here. During praise and worship, December 3rd, 1991, this came to me. For I will break forth upon these people and pour forth my spirit in such a measure I will drench them with my love, my compassion, my healing, my anointing, that no one can deny my having come. For signs and wonders shall abound in great measure and spill forth from this place to the regions beyond. You will take the anointing beyond these walls to the places I send you, and I will touch many as you are yielded to me to be my vessels. We have gone to the nations we have seen signs and wonders here. God's trained us in these things. You, you hear in this language the launching people into their destiny, the being yielded to God. This is a, another term that's going to show up several times. Yielded. Yielded to him, being his vessels, allowing him to send us to places. Not to be contained inside these walls, but to be sent because God has ascending purpose to this church. 
Isn't this exciting? I will say to you, in developing the vision statement, I didn't know this existed. So to me, it felt like such confirmation from the Lord that I had been hearing what he was saying as he was leading in the language to be used, and then said, hey, guess what? I buried all this stuff back here. We had a a minister who visited us back in 1992, Reverend Andrew, Andrew Shishkoff. You guys remember him? I don't know him. But he is, I believe, a Messianic uh, Jew. And he came and ministered here. And he, he shares a word to us that I think has within it aspects of who we are as well. So listen to this. The Lord would respond, He declared grace of his people in this place to say, I am the God of today. I am the God of forever. I am the living God. And yes, I am calling out people from every nation for my name. And yes, I am the redeemer. It is my good pleasure to redeem those upon the earth who would look to me and accept this holiness that I have offered to them. And God would say to this assembly of people, that's us. I am the living God. And because I am alive, I desire a place to dwell. We want his presence. We want to be a dwelling place for him. And that which distinguishes me from all other gods who are not alive and therefore not real gods is that I dwell among among my people and I desire a dwelling place. I desire a place to manifest myself. I desire a place to make my love and my purity, to make my holiness known, to make my power known, to make my goodness and my love and my purity and my eternal nature known. So yes, declare my praises and open your hearts to me, says the Lord, because I desire a people. I desire a people joined together without malice, without judgment toward one another, without pride. A people humbled in their hearts, but a people available. And a people who know I am not just a God of yesterday. Yes, praise me for the things I have already done in your life, but praise me for I am the God of now. Salvation is now, says God. Now this moment... And in each moment that you live, I am present and I am ready to move and ready to work as you call upon me and especially as you call upon me for the needs of those around you. That's an important statement. For even, this, okay, this, this final sentence here has just resonated with me as I've read this. For even as my son became a channel and a dwelling place entirely for my spirit and for my deliverance, and for my healing, so I would make you also such a vessel and a vehicle, and for that is what I've called you, that is what I've called you to in the kingdom for, says your God. To be a vessel and a vehicle is his dwelling place and a place for deliverance and healing. We've seen this play out over the decades. Deliverance happens here. Lives are transformed here. Healing happens here. These are not empty words. This is our Father identifying us and marking us and saying, this is what I have put you here for. The body of Christ has a vast array of expressions of how we put God's heart on display. We've been called as a people to put a heart of healing and deliverance 
and a prophetic voice on display. It happens in an atmosphere of his presence, which is possible because of the unity that he has placed us here as a people. When he says here, I desire people joined together without malice, without judgment toward one another, and without pride. All of that is what's required for us to be in unity together, for us to host that atmosphere of his presence, for his, his presence to be made manifest. Now, here's one that I just, I've always wondered, what did it sound like when God first said something about being a, a mash unit? Because we've, we've referenced it so many times. If you're not familiar with what a MASH unit is, do you remember the show MASH? Mobile Army Surgical Hospital. It started back in Korea, and it was a field hospital that was a fully functioning hospital that would take those that were on the front lines in and administer health care to them as they needed, and oftentimes very life-saving. Uh, there's a TV show about it. It was a funny show, but also had a serious undertone to it as well. But God specifically said that here. So here we are back in that same setting. I get this. The word mash came to me, and I asked the Lord, well, what does this mean? And the Lord began, began to tell me that this place would be a mash unit, M-A-S-H. And there would be wounded coming in and through us that Jesus would bind up their broken heart and set them free. But there would be two kinds of people coming in. Those who are from the world and don't know the Lord would come to know the Lord here. And the other person would be the ones wounded from the church. And we do not bury our wounded. Jesus will bind up their broken hearts also and set them free. And some of these people will stay and join this mass unit. And some will be healed and sent out. And God is encouraging my heart to seek him and find out what part of this unit I will be and I encourage you to do that too. That still is echoing around these walls today. We've seen those come in from the world who don't yet know the Lord and have been healed from their brokenness, come to know Him. And some of them come to healing, come to wholeness, raised to maturity, and they're launched off to some other place. And some have stayed here. We've seen many people come in here that have been wounded by the church and have found healing here in the atmosphere that God has created here. And some of them have stayed. Some of them may be you. And many have gone on. We've had to learn over time, and I think we have to keep learning it, and I think in part of this next season, it's going to be important for us to recognize that the mechanism that God has here within our Father's house is he brings people here to this hospital, he heals them, and they move on. But some of them stay to become doctors and nurses and surgeons in the hospital. Those that help to maintain the atmosphere here, keep it clean, keep it fresh, keep it sanitized, so that we're not infecting people as they're getting opened up here on the table. But help to host the atmosphere that God has here so that people can be made whole. Sometimes those people who've done their residency here get sent out. And they go help bring healing and restoration to people in other corners of the earth because this is a healing place, it's a training place, and it's a launching place.
So now you've heard when God started talking about us, us being a mass unit. And it's now in video. We've got it recorded, and we can go back and see it in the future. All right, this one's a good one. Not that the other ones were not good. But this really succinctly says a lot about who we are. And this is later in 1992. I, the Lord God Almighty, say unto you that I am the Lord of this house. I, the Lord God Almighty, have built this house upon the blood of my son Jesus. Thanks, Pete, for having us sing about the blood of Jesus today. What's important about this word that I'm going to continue reading to you is it clearly defines who's in charge here and what everything is founded upon here. It's not you. It's not me. It's not what I want to do. It's not what you want to do. It's what God is doing here and what he has intended us for. I, the Lord God Almighty, have built this house upon the blood of my son Jesus. I set this house as a light upon a hill. Think about our location. You're a light upon a hill. I set it as a sanctuary and a city of refuge. Not a sanctuary in which you were to hide and grow fat and self-righteous. No, I say unto you that it is to be a sanctuary and a refuge for those who are bleeding and in pain in the world. Remember what he said earlier on. I'm, I'm going to take things beyond the walls here. So don't just keep it here. It's not for you to just... I'll be buddy-buddy together here, and it only happens here. He wants us to be moving outward, and he's bringing people in, so there's an opening of the doors here. I set you here to open your doors and arms to welcome and love those who are lost and broken. Listen to me, my people. Purpose in your heart to be the light and refuge that I called you to be. Purpose in your hearts to be brave and of good courage. Purpose in your hearts to be my people, called by my name. Fear not, for I will be unto you a shield and a buckler. I will be unto you your all in all. Turn not away from my ways or my purposes. Turn not your face from me. He wants us to know him. Not just to know how he does things, but to know his ways, to walk in his ways, to walk in his purpose, to grow in his character turn not our face from him, which means we're always looking for his face, which is his presence. We want to have that intimacy with him. Because when we have intimacy with him, when we're focused on what he's calling us to do, our arms stay open, our doors stay open for those who are lost, hurt, broken, and needing a healing to come in through our doors here physically, but also to come into the doors in our hearts. So we're not shielding ourselves against what's out there. We're welcoming God's people that need him in to be loved, to be nurtured, to be restored to health and wholeness. We don't sit in pain with people so that we can all wallow in pain together and glorify the fact that we have pain. We meet people in their brokenness so that we can get close enough to them to help bring them out of that place. And bring them back to a place of health so that they can come back to a place of strength, growth, and maturity. They can stand up in their identity and they can actually think clearly enough and they can have opportunity to move forward in what God has called them to be. When you're in pain and when you're suffering, you're surviving. 
God wants us, his people to thrive so they can run forward in what he's called them to be. This one comes from September in 1993. And this, this word ties together the prophetic aspects of the house and the healing aspects of the house. It seems that at this time, we were wrestling with how those two things were to go together and if we were called to one more than the other. So listen to how the Lord reconciles this. It says this, The Lord was also grieving over the fact that there is a schism in our understanding of the call upon us as a people. There is a prophetic mantle of authority to speak the word of God in power by his edict and command through divine revelation. To speak his word and see the sick healed, the prisoners set free, the blessing of God to be poured forth. And this morning we're praying and singing about freedom. That is worked into the the dough of this house, if you want to put it that way. The blessings of God to be poured forth. There's also a call to be a city of refuge, a place of healing, of equipping, and nurturing to be launched forth. Listen, Jesus is the word. Words matter to him. Words matter to him. He looks for ways that he can flow that continuity through. Oh, so good. There is no discrepancy between the fact that we're called to be a city of refuge and the fact that the Lord has placed a prophetic mantle of authority on this place. He is grieved that we see them as separate and split apart. He is, he is grieved at our perception of prophets and people operating in the revelatory gifts. He sees it all as integral, as one. One call, one unit, one spirit. The revelatory gifts integrated and functioning, interwoven in the very fabric of the congregation and its expression of the Lord's ministry to the wounded and in this place of refuge. I saw the way the Lord views the revelatory gifts and the prophets was different from how we as people view them. I saw a need to draw the prophetic people in from where they've been, distanced, outside, set apart, almost outcast in a way. A need to shepherd, nurture, teaching, and encouraging those operating in these gifts and a need to align our perception and understanding of this gift with the Lord's perception. I saw because of the mantle on this place a real opportunity to encourage all to operate in these gifts at some level as part and parcel to the call of the ministry of this body. The prophetic should be interwoven in all that we do. And we've seen as God's been doing that in our various ministries. We've been talking, we've been teaching people how to hear the voice of the Lord for years here. And I know as a prophetic ministry, we're trying to move ourselves in a way to teach and train everybody that we can on just the basic understanding of how the prophetic works, how to receive prophetic words, what it's like if you perceive you receive a prophetic word for somebody else, but also when one's delivered to you, how to receive that. Because we want to be a prophetic people. We are a prophetic people. We want to grow in our acumen of that. The call on this place as a city of refuge will be impossible to accomplish without intercession, proclamation, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, etc., all flowing from divine revelation and impartation, walking in the Spirit, in ecstasia, in each prayer session, each counseling time, each relationship to one another. Think about how often 
we share the impressions that we have with one another as we're talking to each other, as we're ministering to one another, as we're counseling, as we're speaking from up here. We, we're always looking for what is it that God's saying in this moment because that's something that he's marked us with for decades now. For us to grow in that. For us to represent him there in that. But it's not something for us to just leave to some ad hoc manner. The reason why we're remembering these things and the reason why we're focusing on them is so that we can align ourselves with his purposes here. If we become intentional about pursuing the prophetic, if we become intentional about pursuing healing and what it means for us as a body to be a city of refuge, what's God going to do with that? That's not to say that we haven't been. Okay, Please don't hear judgment in that. What I'm saying is, I'm calling us as a people to remind ourselves of that. To let our, our, allow our, our eyes and our vision to be raised again to what the Lord has said over us. For us to align ourselves with those purposes and re- recognize he's called us to something particular here in the earth. And here in this, in this region. Now, this last thing is a prayer that I found from Pastor Lanny. It was in this same meeting where the MASH unit was spoken about, and you'll hear him reference that in what he says. But I read this prayer, and I thought, this prayer could be today. This prayer could be this season for us and everything that we've been through. And it was, it was directed towards those who are dealing with a season of anxiety. And I consider everything that we've gone through over this last year, the various fears that have come up, the various things that have drawn our focus away from the Lord, that have captured us, the real challenges that we've dealt with, all of that. And I hear this prayer and I say, this could be a prayer for now. So, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray it now, okay? Lord, look upon these. These are troubled times, and our circumstances have captured our attention, and they produced emotional unrest, and we need a season of refreshing in the presence of the Lord. For that to come, the scriptures say, Repent and return to the Lord, that there might be a season of refreshing. Lord, I want you to know, some of us have lost our focus on you. Now, as a representative of these, I ask that you would forgive us for being captured by things we know better than to dwell on. I pray that each heart would begin to renounce that lack of focus, for you are our peace. You have broken down every wall. You are my peace. You have said, Father, that if we be a people of peace, then we can speak peace, and that peace would remain upon the house that would receive it. And from a place of peace, as a man of peace, I speak peace to these, and I ask for your refreshing to come in Jesus' name. As we war against these anxieties in the name of Jesus, I command you to loose us, 
For this is a house of rest and refreshing. This is the mass unit of God. And we have come to be restored in our soul to have our inner man renewed. Now, Holy Spirit, come minister. Come, Holy Spirit, in your refreshing way and minister to this house. So open your hands to receive and just let the Lord minister to you. The presence of God that is here for us. Father, I just thank you for that word. Right now, Lord. We receive your peace in this house. I cancel the assignment of the enemy upon this house. And I plead the blood of Jesus over this house. Lord, you have a plan, you have a purpose, and you have a call over us as a people to be a city of refuge, to be a mash unit, to be a house of healing, to be a light on a hill, a beacon, Lord. A people that are yielded to your presence, to your will, and to your call upon us. Lord, I ask now that you would refresh us in your presence. Lord, we repent of everything that we have allowed to draw our focus away from you. We ask... Once again, Lord, that you would draw our gaze to you. That we would align ourselves with your purposes over this place. Lord, that you would strengthen us, that you would mature us, that you would set our footing now, Lord, for the season that is ahead. For those that you are calling into this house and those that you are sending us out to. Lord, that we would dust off the old equipment. We would receive the new equipment. And that you would train us in how to be used of you in this season, Lord. I pray for your unity to be restored in this house, Lord. That anything that would come and stand against it would fall in the name of Jesus. I thank you for your presence that has trained us so faithfully over these years. And I call upon your presence to train us once again in this hour, Lord. Lord, I honor those who have gone before us, who have paid the price, Lord, to win the victories that you have been playing out here, Lord. And I thank you For those who are here now and are yet to come, Lord, we will be able to continue to advance this people, your people, into what you have called us into, Lord. Father, I state right now that I am yielded to you. And Lord, I know that there are those among us who are yielded to you. And Lord, I pray for those We're in that place of questioning right now, Lord, whether to let go and yield to you. I pray for their hearts, Lord. I say, Lord, what is it that you have for me? What is it that you want from me? Help me to yield to your your will in my life, Lord. Help me to give you my yes. 
I thank you, Jesus, for this time and this hour where we pause and we look back and remember and recount the words that you have spoken here in this house to this people. Lord, may they resonate with us now. I ask that in this season, Lord, where we are humbling ourselves once again as a people before you, as we are yielding our will once again to you, Lord, as we are once again waiting on you for what you will do, that we would watch and see what you would say to us, Lord. Lord, that as you speak to us, Lord, we would hear your words, Lord, for that which you have for us in this season. Lord, that you would give us wisdom and revelation, knowledge and understanding in how we are to step forward in this season. Lord, I pray for all those who see our Father's house as their family, as their church, that you would give a witness in them, Lord, that you have called them here for such a time as this, for however long it is that you have us here, Lord. That you would make that known to them, Lord Jesus. And Lord, that you would give us a heart for one another to grow and strengthen one another, Lord. To help mend what is hurting as you have taught us to, Lord. We ask that you teach us your ways, Lord. Lord, that we have been faithful to steward what you've given us in the past. I ask that you would grow it, Lord, and you would help us continue to be faithful to steward what you give us now. We are yours. We are your people. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, as our teacher. We're going to do some communion now. I have a communion element in my jacket pocket there, Jack. Does everybody have elements this morning? If you need them, please raise your hand. As they're passing those out, I just want to speak about communion this morning. We've heard this morning what God has called us to as a people. Now, whether you're new to us or you've been with us for a while, it's for each of us to consider if this is the place that God has called us to. Because of the, what I just shared with you are cornerstones, memorial stones of how we as a people are going to continue to move forward into this next season.
You might not be called to this body. That's okay. You've been called to the body of Christ. And there's a place for you to be fitted so that you can be nurtured and so that you can grow and you can grow in his expression. But we here at our Father's house are called to be a city of refuge. We're called to be a place of healing. We're called to be a place that pursues his presence passionately so that we can host an atmosphere where healing takes place. Because be sure of this, healing doesn't take place because I'm a good healer or you're a good prophetic person or because you have all the ideas of how that's supposed to happen. Healing takes place because Jesus is the healer. Healing takes place because the power of the Holy Spirit brings about healing. Transformation takes place because of Him. Our job is to host an atmosphere that honors Him, that welcomes Him, that is trained by Him to allow Him to do what He already has a purpose to do. The question is, will we yield our will to Him? Will we come into alignment with what He has called us to be? We are the body of Christ. So when we come to a time of communion, it's so that we can hold in remembrance once again the price that Christ paid for us to be in unity with one another, one with him, and one with the Father. Because apart from Jesus, in his sacrifice on the cross, in his shed blood on the cross, and his resurrection from the, from the grave, none of us has any business in intimacy with the Father. He is the way to the Father. We get to become part of his body. He opened the door through himself for us to have access, to come out of darkness into light, to stop being about the business of the enemy and to start to being about the business of our Father. And our particular call here in this, our Father's house, city of refuge, place of healing, miracles, signs, and wonders, training people and sending them, prophetic declaration that flows through all of it so that we know what's going on and what God is doing. We're yielded to him. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your body that was broken for us. That you laid down your life for us, Lord. That you paid the price for our sin, Lord, when you didn't deserve any of that punishment. We deserved all of it. I thank you for your body broken for us, Lord. I thank you for your blood poured out for us, Lord. And I thank you that we as a people recognize that we are part of one body, that we have one spirit, that we have one God and Father of all. We have one Lord, Jesus Christ. There is one Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, that we are called to be one. Tear down anything, Lord, that would get in the way of that. We thank you, Jesus, as we remember the price you paid for us. Take and eat and drink in the name of Jesus.
Our usher's going to come around and take those cups. Before we leave today, I want to give you an opportunity, opportunity to respond. Before I do, I'd like to share a quick testimony. Karen, would you be willing? Was it last week or two weeks ago? Last week. Come on up. Last week we had an opportunity to pray for Karen. You may recall as, as we were there uh, closing out, Put forward a call. If anybody needs healing for anything, please come forward. We'd like to pray for you. So, Karen, what happened? Well, um, two weeks prior to that, ma'am, two weeks prior to that, I had injured my back. I have herniated discs, and sometimes they they go wonky a little bit. Um, I had been to the chiropractor multiple times. The week before, you asked for an invitation, and I wasn't going to come up. Um, that's not easy for me to do. It hasn't been. But I was still in a lot of pain, and I was taking painkillers, and um, Cassie's a friend of mine, and she's like, if he asks again, you're going up this week. Okay. So the invitation was there, and we went to the front, uh, and again, that wasn't something that I'm comfortable with. And I've been going here for probably eight years or so. I've been coming here, and I've seen the healing. I don't know that you know my analytical mind really truly believed it, but I pray for people. Um, I came up, they asked for oil from the Wallaces, and I got a little panicky. I'm like, what's he going to do with the oil? Um, but he rubbed his hands together. He asked Cassie to place her hand on my back. He put his hand across. He prayed. The Wallaces prayed, and I could feel the heat radiating. Um, at one point, I felt like I was falling forward, and then I stood up. They prayed again. Um, still kind of tingling when I left. But as we were leaving the parking lot, Cassie said, I know you, and I'm going to tell you right now, the devil's going to try to convince you that this isn't going to work. You just need to take the offering, take the blessing, and don't let him have domain. And I got in the car, and I drove home, and I'm, I'm praying, and I'm thinking about it. And I got out of the car, and I had zero pain. I've been standing vertical. I have had no pain. Um, this week, I was able to share that with um, a single mom I've been working with and, and trying to help support her. And she said her car broke down, and she ended up walking home. And I'm like, why didn't you call someone? Well, it's hard for me to ask for help. I'm like, let me tell you about being prideful and not asking for help. And what happened when I did ask for help? So um, it's been a huge blessing, and I am still a week later pain-free. Amen. Amen. Thank you. God heals. He heals. And he uses us as a people to bring healing. you have a message? All right. So we've got a word to pray for someone who, who lost someone. So we'll, we'll do that. I want to say, God brings healing here healing through us to those that he sends to us and who he sends us to. I wanted to share that testimony because in all that we've been through over this last year, God is still doing that through this house. And you need to hear that. You need to hear the testimony of that. Some of you need to hear that because you need to believe for your own healing that God has for you. 
We know this, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So as we share what he has done, it releases grace for that same thing to happen. So at the end of, of today, we're going to be praying again for those who might have back pain to be healed. Okay, But I do want to give you a moment to be able to respond. As you've heard me sharing today, if you're in a place where you say, I hear that, I identify with it, I want part of what God is doing in this house, I'm going to give you an opportunity to step up and come forward, okay? Because I'd like to pray over you, All right? I'm going to do that now. If you identify with those words that we shared here today, and you said, I want to be part of what God is doing here, I'd ask you to stand up and come on forward. If you don't, that is okay. If you're unsure right now, also okay. You are under no compulsion to come forward, but if you hear that and you resonate with it and you want to be part of that, I invite you to come forward. And you can socially distance if that's something you feel comfortable with. If you'd like to just stay in your seat, you can do that and stand right where you are. Remember, our prayer focus this week is that we would align ourselves with God's specific call to OFH. As we go into our time of fasting and prayer and worship this week. I'd like us to continue to bring our hearts before the Lord over this. Personally, Lord, what is it that you have for me in this? Corporately, Lord, what is it that you have for us in this? Lord, speak to us about this next season. Lord, how do we align ourselves more closely with this? How do we step forward in what you have for us? We want to be in line with his purposes. Lord, teach me how to be yielded to you in a whole new way. Father, I pray for these right now who have stepped forward to say, God, I hear about what you're doing here. I've experienced it. Or I'm so new here, I haven't even experienced this yet. Or I've been on the periphery and I haven't been sure. I've heard, but I've not yet fully believe that that can happen. But Father, I desire to be part of what you're going to do here. Lord, I pray for these right now, that you would meet their hungry hearts, Lord. That you would speak to each of them, Lord, personally and intimately, about what may need to be yielded in this hour, Lord, to draw closer to you, to align more closely with you, to step across into this next season, Lord. Lord, I know that's personal and it's intimate, and I thank you, Lord, that you don't reveal those things to us without the grace for you to come and help, to bring that release. Father, I thank you for your promises to us as a people. I ask right now, Lord, that you would equip us, Lord, and you would strengthen us and you would align us with what your call is for this house, Lord. Lord, that in the days, weeks, and months, and years to come, you would continue to speak forth your truth to us, Lord, your promises, your direction, your guidance, your wisdom, your understanding, your practical steps, Lord, so that we can more closely align with your call for us, Lord, so that people would be set free so that people would find refuge, so that people would 
experience your freedom and your liberty so they would be drawn into maturity and they would be launched to wherever you send them, whether it's inside these walls, out in town, or some corner of the earth. Lord, you know, and we ask that you would teach us, Lord, how to steward our responsibilities before you. Lord, give us compassion for one another. Give us grace for one another. I ask for a spirit of forgiveness to fall upon this house, Lord Jesus. For any hurts that may have happened and accumulated over time, Lord. Things that have gone unsaid that need to be addressed, Lord. I ask that you, Lord, would bring about a spirit of forgiveness and healing in this house, Lord. I ask for unity of the spirit and the bond of peace to resonate here, Lord. And I ask, Lord, that you would give us an ownership of our identification with your call over this house. We ask for your spirit to move among us boldly and powerfully, Lord. As you have come before, we ask you to come again. We ask for more of you. Teach us to pursue your presence, to host your presence, Lord, and to carry your presence wherever you call us. Bless these in Jesus' mighty, powerful name. If you're in need of healing in your back or some other aspect of something, I invite you to come forward this morning. We want to pray for you. This is a house of healing. God does healing here. Uh, For those of you who are are, uh, our altar ministry, we ask you to come forward and be prepared to pray for people. God is doing things in our Father's house. We're waiting on him in this season. He's going to be victorious. God bless you. Come out Wednesday night, 6 p.m. We're going to be worshiping and praising him. It is a great time in the presence of the Lord. Please come pursue him with us. God bless you guys.